Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at Ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Today on the podcast, Chicago's gun violence problem and the people who managed to survive. Gun violence in Chicago is a pressing issue. We see and hear about it on the news. We witness it in our neighborhoods. And sometimes the people we know and love fall victim. And this touches all parts of the city. Two teenagers are hospitalized after being discovered in a vehicle suffering from gunshot wounds. Chicago police say a 15-year-old girl was shot in the stomach and critically injured on Lakeshore Drive right near the Buckingham Fountain. Back here in Chicago, police say a woman in a nail salon was wounded when someone opened fire in the street last night at 70th and State. One person is dead, five others hurt in a shooting in a parking lot right near 87th and Stony Island. Inside, a 32-year-old man had been shot twice, according to police. He died from his wounds. A 20-year-old man had also been shot twice. He is at Northwestern Hospital. The third man in the car had some injuries due to the crash. But he's Of every six people shot in Chicago, five survive. But while much of the attention from the media, law enforcement, city leaders, and the public is on homicides, there's a hidden crisis. Survivors face physical, psychological, and emotional recovery with little to no help. And each shooting, deadly or not, sends shockwaves through the communities. Over the next three days on the podcast, Reset is teaming up with The Trace, a nonprofit newsroom that covers gun violence, to learn stories of Chicagoans who survive, what resources they need, and what recovery looks like without it. We'll meet survivors, experts, and even hear from listeners. But first, we kick things off today with Lakidra Chavis with The Trace. She's done extensive reporting on this issue. Lakidra, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me. You approached Reset wanting to do this collaboration. Why? Well, both of our newsrooms have done a lot of work this year highlighting the experiences of people who have survived shootings in Chicago and also the people who are living in neighborhoods experiencing, um, you know, higher levels of gun violence. And so I thought it would be nice to have this show so people who are listening in can, one, know that they are not alone in their experiences and also for listeners to hear about you know, the work that's being done to prevent gun violence and to ensure that survivors and families um, have the support systems they need to be able to, you know, move forward in their lives. Why do you think that survivors so often get overlooked? Yeah, well, you know, I think from the perspective of reporters, including myself and city officials, the focus tends to be on homicides, which are, of course, extremely tragic. Um, But You know, in doing so, we do overlook the thousands of people um, who are shot and who survive every year in Chicago. So, for instance, you know, there have been almost 500 people who have been shot and killed this year. Um, But when we zoom out to look at everyone who's affected, um, there have been, uh, you know, just over 2,000 people who have been shot and have survived. 
Um, what I've heard from people and talking about this sort of disconnect and how we focus on this issue um, is that, you know, it, it is just an enormous, enormous undertaking to address everyone affected by gun violence. Um, that's what I've heard from people who are doing this work directly. Um, it's also something that the Chicago Police Department has said and, and their focus on homicides, on solving homicides versus all of the non-fetal shootings that happen in the city. Um, but, you know, in doing, this, so, in doing this and overlooking all of the people who are affected, you know, we're really just focusing on the tip of the iceberg, mm -hmm. um, which doesn't fully serve, you know, everyone in Chicago. Right. If we focus just on, on the enormous undertaking to address the, the people affected, then, of course, some get left behind. So what questions would you say that we should be asking then about survivors and what they need? Yeah, well, you know, I think we should be asking survivors what they need to, you know, recover physically, um, but also mentally. And this is a process that can take several years. It can take an entire lifetime. Um, we should also be asking how we can assist people with getting jobs, how we can, you know, assist people with relocating if they no longer feel safe on the block that they were living on. Um, I think all of these things are important, especially when we're talking about addressing an issue as big as gun violence in Chicago to really look at it um, in a holistic way that includes everyone. So often um, we tend to focus, um, especially as supporters, on, you know, was an arrest made in the case. But we know from years of looking at police data that the likelihood of an arrest being made um, is unfortunately very low. So we need to start asking different questions. What do we know about the people who are most impacted by gun violence? Who's the typical victim here? Yeah, so over the past decade or so, um, as you had mentioned earlier, there have been uh, more than 30,000 people who have been shot in the city. And the overwhelming majority of the victims do tend to be black people living in Chicago. And Latinx residents are also overrepresented in um, the number of shooting victims as well. And most of the victims tend to be men. And also more than half of them tend to be people who are just on the cusp of adulthood. You know, they're 24 years old or younger. So when, we, when we're talking about gun violence in Chicago, we're talking about, you know, an issue that really affects young people living in the city. Um, and gun violence happens all across Chicago. But it does tend to be concentrated in areas that have faced you know, neglect and a lack of disinvestment from city leaders uh, for generations. And, and when we talk about survivors here, we're, we're talking about more than just the people who have actually survived a gunshot, right? Yeah, we are. So this is something that was really important to um, my colleagues at The Trace as we were reporting the story, which is that it's not just about people who have had, who have sort of been immediately impacted by gun violence. You know, it's about their family that is now helping them recover, their friends, you know, the first responders, the police officers, the witnesses to the shooting. All of those people are affected by this type of trauma, this really type of violent trauma that happens. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to frame the issue that way because suddenly when you look at it from that perspective, we are talking about an epidemic in the city that affects tens of thousands of people. And, you know, I feel like the sort of urgency to addressing gun violence becomes even more heightened. Uh, Lakidra, for your reporting, you talk to a lot of people. It's a great piece uh, you've got online. Um, you talk to people who survived a shooting. You talk to family members and so on. 
How did they all describe to you what recovery looked like? Yeah, so, you know, typically people felt like that recovery was a lifelong process, that this was something that they were actively experiencing, um, you know, in their lives, um, and that it is a process that has many ups and downs. You know, some days are good days and some days are incredibly hard. Um, one of the people that I spoke to was a young man who um, unfortunately had a spinal um, injury as a result of, of his shooting. And, um, you know, for, for him, it was a process of learning how to walk again, um, which takes so much work and it's not guaranteed that that will even be the outcome. Um, but he was incredibly driven and in, in trying to accomplish that. Um, and then there were also people who were, you know, experiencing chronic pain, um, and it really cha- it was really challenging for them to find a job that would accommodate the, the chronic pain that they were in. Mm. Um, so it is, you know, an incredibly, incredibly long process, and I think it helps people when they have the support of their immediate friends, of their immediate family, um, as they go through it. Well, speaking of support, what do we know about help available locally to survivors in terms of counseling even? Yeah, so the people that I spoke to, um, just to put it in perspective, are people who, you know, are in their late teens or in their early 20s. And they were shot fairly recently, so in the past few years or so. And oftentimes they were participants in, you know, anti-violence programs um, in the city. Um, there are several of them. And these programs include, um, you know, mental health counseling for people to be able to, to process what they're experiencing. And they found that incredibly helpful. Um, the city also does have... Um, you know, funded, they also have funded mental health clinics, although half of them were closed several years ago under the Rahm administration. So, you know, I think for people who are not in the immediate vicinity of an organization that can help them, finding that type of counseling to be able to talk about what they're going through um, and find the language to describe what they're experiencing um, can be difficult if they don't have that help. The uh, opening line of your piece was was interesting to me. You said uh, gun violence weighs on Chicago's conscience. What do you mean exactly? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's clear and just how we talk about gun violence every every weekend, every week, there's always this sort of tally of the number of shootings and homicides that have happened. Um, you know, it's something that's always asked about at press conferences of the superintendent, of the mayor. Um, and so I think that it is something that has in some ways defined Chicago um, and just how people think about the city, especially from people who aren't living here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's just important for us to address this issue and reframe how we think of it. Um, so we are taking an active approach, and, and many community organizations are, but collectively, you know, taking an active approach to address what's happening. That's Lakidra Shavish. She's a reporter with The Trace, a nonprofit newsroom focusing on gun violence. Reset is partnering with The Trace to zoom in on the often forgotten victims of gun violence, and that's these survivors. Lakidra, thank you so much for helping us get some insight on this issue. Thank you. That's it for today's Reset. Tomorrow, we'll hear from residents whose lives have been disrupted by gun violence, including a teacher whose student was killed and a father shot while running an errand with his daughter. My daughter was in my in my arms. I was told at that time after leaving, making it to the hospital, and I was told that there was a possibility that I might never walk again. 
I mean, I like didn't really want to. I didn't want to go on with life. Come right back here for that conversation. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for joining us. We'll meet again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.